Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 64, recorded Friday, July 30th, 2021. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hi again, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Wow, we are already set to close out July. It seems like it was just the 4th of July, and here we are, about to enter August. I'm back again recording on a Friday, as we are set to conduct a huge open water certification dive this weekend, with 15 divers. I'm still trying to adjust my schedule now that I'm supposedly retired, at least from one job. It's looking like Mondays will be the best day going forward to record the podcast every other week. More to come on that one. Now, over the past couple of weeks, Donna and I have been working really hard to get our dive uh, travel schedule back up and running. Our Philippine trip this year has been pushed back to 2023, believe it or not. That's just how crazy things have been. So we've decided to head down to Florida to get a few days of diving down off of Pompano Beach and then go up to the Blue Heron Bridge for a dive. And that's someplace we've always wanted to get to for a very long time. Good news is it looks like things will be getting back to a little bit uh, more normal travel schedule in 2022, starting with Cozumel in February. Little did we suspect such a long disruption when things hit us so hard in March of 2020. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be doing another installment of Your Next Dive, and this time we'll be heading to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. But first up is our news and information segment, Wet Notes. So let's take it away. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Friday, July 30th, 2021. First up today, about a week ago, I got the latest edition of Divers Alert Network's magazine, Alert Diver. For me, it's a cover-to-cover read. A tip of the hat to publisher Stephen Frink for an outstanding magazine. The second quarter, 2021, edition is packed with some great stuff. There's a great article on shallow water arterial gas embolism. Yes, it can happen. And in the Dan was there for me section, you can read about how Dan can make a difference when DCS hits. There's also a great article on Roatan if you're thinking about going there. And you can also read about the Florida or Flower Garden Bank's National Marine Sanctuary and the Thunder Bay Marine Sanctuary. And congrats to Tech Clark for being featured in the member profile. Like I said, it's a cover-to-cover read for me, and I look forward to every edition. Best of all, it comes with your membership. 
Alert Diver is a first-rate publication for those who are passionate about scuba diving. Back in April, I told you about the U.S. House of Representatives Select Committee on Climate Change. Back then, they had just completed their organizational meeting. So what have they been up to lately? Well, it seems like there's been a lot. They have had seven hearings before the Select Committee since then. Now here's a sample of some of those hearings. The first hearing was on the growing risks and costs of inaction. One was on creating new jobs, another on building resilient communities and transportation investments, and I did watch one of the hearings from May, and that was on the investments needed to modernize and expand the electric grid. It was interesting to hear the dialogue and questions. It seems that everyone is interested in doing something, but sometimes it feels like if one side wins, the other side loses. It was also interesting to hear Chairman Castor, or Chairwoman Castor say that the American Society of Civil Engineers rates our electric grid as a C-. That doesn't sound good, so let's hope this committee keeps the ball rolling with bipartisan support. Our divers love going down to Cozumel for some diving, especially when it's cold up here in Connecticut. So we're going back there at the end of February to do some diving with Blue Angel. But there is something new down there that seems interesting, and it is called Scuba Hunt. I guess there are a number of huge concrete blocks just offshore from Hemingway's down there. Well, Steve Belkin has created a unique diving opportunity that he calls Scuba Hunt, a new diving challenge game in Cozumel. I guess you go out and you try to find clues hidden among the concrete blocks, and you try to collect enough clues to open a treasure box at the end. You have up to 70 minutes for your team of two divers to complete the challenge. Now you must be an open water diver with at least 20 log dives to compete. The depth, they say, is 19 feet, so you should probably get in your 70 minutes. From what I saw on their website, the cost is about $100. So that's something different that you can do if you're heading down to Cozumel. Well, here's another example of scuba divers diving with a purpose and making a difference. According to an article in the LA Times, it seems that some divers discovered an evasive species of algae in Newport Harbor. The species identified as Calapa prolifera, and it's an algae that is native to Florida. And if left unchecked, it would choke out the native seaweed. The invading algae was discovered in April of this year, and the divers reported it to the Orange County Department of Agriculture, and the algae was verified by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. It is amazing how, how easily things spread around the globe. How it got there is uncertain, but the article did mention that it is a common plant in saltwater aquariums. Recently, more divers returned with vacuum pumps that extracted the plant from the seafloor. It took about five days to complete the cleanup. 
The plan is to conduct follow-up surveys down the line to monitor the success. This is another example of divers making a difference for the environment. Way to go, guys. Needless to say, there are many of us who are waiting impatiently for the Cayman Islands to open up again so we can experience the incredible diving down there. The islands are still not open to tourists, but they did recently update a five-phase plan to open. They are currently in Phase 2, which is pretty restrictive. Now, Phase 3 is set to start on September 9th, and that will let in vaccinated people into the Caymans, but there's a big caveat, and that is only if 80% of the island's population is vaccinated. This has the tourist organizations a little frustrated as they don't feel like this goal is achievable. It won't be until October 14th that the quarantine requirements will be lifted for vaccinated tourists. And then, starting around November 18th, the plan would be to allow unvaccinated kids under 12 come in without restrictions. So there's still a long way to go before uh, we might be able to get down to the Cayman Islands. Good thing our trip to Little Cayman isn't until October of 2022. And finally, here's a bit of good news out of Washington, D.C. The United States Senate has passed Senate Bill S-1106, entitled the Shark Fin Sales Elimination Act of 2021. Now, it passed by a vote of 68 to 32 back in June, and it's tied to another bill, the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act of 2021. Nothing simple, it seems. The Senate bill had bipartisan sponsorship, which is a good thing. But just, how, uh, just, but just because it passed the Senate doesn't mean we're home free. The bill is now with the House, and it has been referred to the House Committee on Natural Resources. I tried to see if there's been any action on it yet, but it doesn't seem like anything's been done. In any event, we are seeing that people on both sides of the political spectrum understand that shark finning is not a good thing for this apex predator. Right now, 12 states, along with three U.S. territories, have banned shark finning, and this bill would make it a federal crime with a fine of $100,000 or the fair market value of the sale, whichever is higher. The bill also states that individual states can enact stricter regulations and standards. I'm hoping this bill gets passed and signed by President Biden soon and help all sharks. Well, that's it for Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Friday, July 30th, 2021. I have been very fortunate to have had the opportunity to go diving in some very special places and have had the chance to see a lot of great things underwater. I've been sharing these experiences here on the podcast in this segment I call Your Next Dive. I started doing this segment back in 2019. Today, 
on your next dive, I'm going to take you to a spot that probably isn't normally on the top of the list for, for a dive destination, but a place where I was able to experience some very cool diving a long time ago. And that's St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Many years ago, we owned several Marriott timeshares. We always relished our two weeks on Maui. We also enjoyed our, prop, our, our property on Aruba, but every other year we would trade it for another Marriott property. One year, we reserved a week at Marriott's Frenchman Cove on St. Thomas. When we got there, the property was just finishing up its construction. It has an amazing view of Charlotte Amelie. It was fun to watch the cruise ships come in and the seaplanes land and take off. This was not a typical dive vacation, but rather a vacation where we got in some diving. Way back then, in 2008, we chose to dive with Admiralty Dive Center. I still have their sticker that they gave me with all the dive sites and dive times written on the back. Their logo is a juvenile spotted drum, and I guess they had another business associated with the dive center at the time called the Last Buccaneer Water Sports. I checked online and see that Admiralty Dive Center is still in business in St. Thomas, and it looks like they're, they're at the same location with the same dive boat called the Duck. The boat is a smaller boat at 28 feet, and it only takes 10 divers at a time. So if you're looking for a spacious, large dive boat, you won't find that with Admiralty Dive Center. But if you like smaller dive groups, this will work just fine. As I mentioned, we were staying at the Marriott uh, Frenchman's Cove, which is a little bit of a journey to downtown dive shops and the boat dock. But we didn't have to make that trip. We arranged for Admiralty to pick us up at the Marriott's dock. We just took our gear over to the landing and waited for the duck to come by and pick us up. That was pretty convenient, and they returned us to the Marriott when we finished diving. I don't know if they still do that for customers, but it was a nice touch. Back then, I was shooting high-definition video on tape using a Sony HD camera with a Gates housing. And I shot a lot of footage, which came in handy as I was preparing for this segment. We all know that our memory fades a bit over time, and the video helped, me remi helped to remind me of some of the great diving. Our first dive in St. Thomas was quite remarkable. We were diving on the Kennedy Barge. I guess when the aircraft carrier of the USS Kennedy was in St. Thomas one time, it was offloading some heavy machinery onto a barge when the crane on the Kennedy dropped the machinery, smashing it through the barge and sinking it in a harbor. So it's become known as the Kennedy Barge. It was a memorable dive because we had a brief encounter with two Atlantic bottlenose dolphins who came by for a few minutes to check us out. I caught it on tape and it doesn't get any better than that. Another neat wreck in St. Thomas is Miss Opportunity. It was originally a World War II Navy hospital barge, and it's almost 400 feet long, sitting in about 90 feet of water. The wreck is upside down, with a lot of fish life and growth on the wreck. Probably the signature wreck in St. Thomas is the Witch Shoal. The Witch Shoal was a converted U.S. Navy World War II LST, LST-467. 
And that's a little nostalgic for me because I served on LST 1198, the USS Bristol County, back in the, in the late 1970s. After its life as a converted freighter, the Witch Shoal was being towed to Puerto Rico when it sank just off St. Thomas. It sits in about 90 feet of water as well, and it's a rather large wreck at about 400 feet, so there's lots to see and explore. You definitely have to do the Witch Shoal if you're diving in St. Thomas. The other dive sites that we visited were Spratt Point, East Wind, Amando's Paradise, and the Navy Barges, and Captain's Nightmare. As I look back in my logbook, I recorded visibilities in the 60 to 100 foot range, and the bottom temperatures in October were between 84 and 86 degrees Fahrenheit. That sounds pretty awesome. Now, when you're not diving, there's a lot to do topside. We took a tour of the island and visited St. Peter's Great House, which was very interesting. And then we headed uh, over to the mountaintop with its spectacular views of Megan's Bay, uh, Megan's Bay Beach and their world-famous banana daiquiris. It appears the mountaintop is still open, but St. Peter's Great House is closed because of the hurricanes Irma and Maria. And also, Blackbeard's Castle is closed. It takes a long time in the islands to recover from these catastrophes. There were several restaurants that we enjoyed. There was the Greenhouse downtown and Gladys's Cafe, also downtown. You might even try the Happy Buzzard. Another place we enjoyed was Coco Beach Club on Nani Beach. We could walk there from the Marriott, which made it convenient. It's open air and right on the beach. Charlotte Amelie is a great little city to wander about, do some shopping, and check out 99 Steps. Now, we don't always consider St. Thomas as a dive destination when we're putting together a shop trip. Maybe that is because, as I mentioned, at this top of this segment, we did it more as a vacation where we did some diving. Over the course of the week, we only did eight dives, and that gave us enough time to either relax by the pool or do some topside activities. But as I look back, I now see that it's definitely worth considering heading back to St. Thomas. Remember, this is part of the United States, and you don't need your passport, especially now that there's that big backlog. But you will need to drive on the left side. So if you're still looking for a place to go diving, you might consider St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands for your next dive. Wow, hard to believe that it was way back in 2008 that we visited St. Thomas. That was a fun trip, and taking a look at the old video brought back a lot of great memories. It's definitely a place to revisit. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning into the show. Hope you enjoyed it, and also hope that you're enjoying the summer of 2021. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. Until then, take care, everyone.
Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.